Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and once again, welcome back to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray, and uh, I know it's been probably a few days, I'm sure, and uh, again, like I said before, and I'll pretty much say it again, I do apologize for not having a chance to uh, to do as many podcasts or episodes as I would like to, I should say, because of, um, again, work-related stuff. Um, tomorrow being Thanksgiving, um, before I go any further, I wish everybody out there a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, and the, uh, before you know it, um, I know that that word that you don't want to really mention to some people out there, especially some who have kids, and that is the word Christmas. Yeah, I know. I know you don't want to mention that, but before you know it, it's maybe right around the corner, and I'm sure right after Thanksgiving, maybe that, that uh, Black Friday, all those um, shopping, uh, people standing out in front of some store at 3 o'clock in the morning to get the hottest gaming system or whatever the hottest thing is going on right now right now so i'm sure that's coming pretty shortly uh for me yours truly i will have to work thank i will work thanksgiving i've been working about eight and a half hours and then uh, i'll get off about 4 30 come home and eat supper and i actually i for once in the blue moon as the old expression goes i will actually get a chance to maybe catch at least a football game i should get a chance to watch the patriots and the minnesota vikings Later on that evening, um, for those, for my fantasy football people out there, uh, the 12.30 game will be the Buffalo Bills against the Detroit Lions. The Buffalo Bills um, come back to Detroit. They, uh, as we all know, the, what is it about, it seemed like about uh, 66 feet of snow that was dropped in um, Buffalo. The NFL moved the game to Detroit for the Bills and the Cleveland Browns to play. And Buffalo actually flew back home and now they're flying they're probably already back in Detroit, so it's a lot of uh, flying back and forth for the uh, Buffalo Bills. But Buffalo Bills against the Detroit Lions, and of course, I'm sure you have the Josh Allens of the world. Uh, maybe Devin Singletary is a man that has, needs to be looked at. Uh, James Cook emerged last week. If you got Stephon Diggs, maybe a Gabriel Davis. Uh, Dawson Knox had a good game. If you feel Dawson Knox or even the Bills defense, Tyler Bass. I think he had, what, six field goals this past week. Certainly, I need to keep check, check out uh, for the Detroit Lions. Uh, the one guy's been Jamel, yeah, Jamel Williams. has been a man. He's got, what, 11, 12 touchdowns this season. I think he leads the NFL in touchdowns. So, certainly, if you got him, he's starting to gamble. Buffalo has a pretty decent defense, has a pretty good defense. But he's banged up, been dinged up. But still with it. I know if you have Gallandre Swift, certainly. There's a few, a few others. Uh, St. Brown, if you got him, put him in, uh, put him in your, uh, put him on your, you know, your starting lineup. Again, you've got the, the late game. I should say the four o'clock or four thirty game. You've got the Dallas Cowboys against the New York Giants. Again, uh, the Giants uh, certainly their, their secondary is questionable. It has been questionable. Does have some injuries to it. Uh, certainly Dak, Zeke, Tony Pollard, maybe a C.D. Lamb. If you got Dalton Schultz, a guy that you might want to think about putting in your line for the Giants, other than Barkley, there's not much else I can really, really give you help for. Uh, they got the Dallas Cowboys defense. Certainly, certainly, got, certainly got to play them. And if you got, and I think the night game is the Patriots versus the Minnesota Vikings. An interesting game. I will get a chance to actually be home to watch it. Game. Very interesting to see that game. Um, Patriots have a pretty good defense. Uh, Again, offensively, maybe certainly Stevens is a man that you want to keep an eye on for. Uh, Damian Harris reemerged last week. I don't know if Damian would be a possibility of somebody that you want to put in the line, but Stevenson 
is the man that you certainly need to keep an eye on is the big man. Um, as far as receiving threats, other than maybe Jacoby Myers, maybe, but that's kind of a stretch uh, for Minnesota. I know Kirk Cousins, but again, Minnesota has a pretty good defense. Uh, Dalvin Cook, it's hard to bench Dalvin Cook. You want to play Dalvin Cook as much as you want. Certainly Justin Jefferson, certainly. I know he's had a turf toe here recently, but still still playing like Justin Jefferson, so certainly you've got to play Jefferson no matter, no matter what. But it should be a very interesting game. Uh, entry back for the Patriots defense has played very well here of late. The, uh, special teams, uh, they've looked well. Uh, that, that last last minute uh, punt return for uh, punt return for touchdown was um, certainly great against the, against the Jets this past, this past Sunday. Uh, I don't know if you could include the Patriots. They have a good. They have a lot of weapons in Cook, to Jefferson, Hawkerson, and a tight end. Still had Adam Thielen sitting out there, so I know the Patriots defense has played well of late, but again, maybe it's maybe it's something that you put on the bench for the week. Uh, as I start with most of my podcast, for those who joined for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so, and please invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your dog, your cat, your co-workers, or anybody, anybody you see on the street, uh, please. Please invite one into the podcast. Like I said before, I um, I did the best I can to knock out as many episodes as I can. Um, hopefully, um, I will get a chance to do some as of next week. Uh, the good news is next week I finally take a vacation. It's been 11 months since I've taken a vacation, so I finally get a chance to take a vacation. I'll be going away. Hopefully, I'll get a chance while I'm on vacation to actually do more episodes. Hopefully, but we'll see. Um, We'll certainly see about that. For those who do it from day one, I want to say thank you for doing so. Please invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your dog, your cat, co-workers, somebody on the street, whoever you got to. Please, please, please come on in. Uh, as again, I'm on. I'm only on Facebook. Uh, if you got any questions, uh, questions, uh, subjects might bring up uh, uh, any fancy football, you know, advice you think I can give you to help you out. I will certainly do the best. You know, do the best I can to. Uh, get back to my viewers. Um, if you don't listen to me on Anchor, Spotify, you know, iHeartRadio, Google, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Radio Public, Stitcher, many, many, and there's a couple of others. Uh, but again, again, we're trying to grow, we're growing, and we're trying to grow. Uh, there had been here, uh, there had, there was a couple of weeks ago, it seemed like I was gathering a little bit of a momentum, and now it's kind of slid back down but again with a lot of I'm sure a lot of podcasters out there whatever subject they talk about they get a better chance to pretty much do more than I do again again there's something that you know a lot of podcasters their dream is to actually sit at home you know cut episodes and make lots and lots of money who wouldn't want to do that right I certainly would be one of those who wants to do that when you get older when you start getting older it's Certainly takes 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 a toll on the body after a while. Being 53 years old, I still I still feel good, but again, there does come a time where every once in a while you say how much how much more how much more physical toll you want to take take on your body. My my job is kind of demanding. You do have to lift stuff and this and that and that and this. So again, when you're doing for something for 32 years, sometimes it does, it does come a chance time and place where you got you want to do something different where you take a lot more, take the pressure off the body. 
anyway, enough of that. We have blah blah blah. I've bored you with a bunch of stuff. Let's let's jump right into let's jump right into stuff. We'll play it. We'll catch up um, on this episode. And let's talk about something that was brought up last week, and that was by uh, Bruce Arians. Now Bruce Arians, the former coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bruce has kind of moved upstairs a little bit. He kind of uh, oversees. You know, he oversees, he oversees some stuff. He gives, um, he kind of whispers pretty much into the Glazier's ears about uh, what's going on, and he gives his input to Todd Bowles and the rest of the organization. Now, Bruce Arians has come out and said that he, the offensive woes this year should be solely blamed on on Tom Brady. Some people have blamed Byron Leftwich for the offensive woes, but again, Bruce Arians doesn't feel doesn't feel that way, and. Bruce hired, had hired Brian, you know, Lefkowitz to come in. He was a quarterback's coach, I believe, and then he went, went from quarterback's coach to the offensive coordinator. And again, Bruce, Bruce Arians is not going to throw his offensive coordinator, certainly on the bus, his former offensive coordinator. He wants to blame, he wants to blame Tom Brady. Now, there's always been speculation, at least last year, there was always beef between Arians, Arians and Brady. There was always reports that uh, that Leftwich and Brady would uh, have a meeting about going over a game plan. Bruce would come busting into the office, into Byron Leftwich's office or wherever, and um, pretty much uh, didn't like didn't like the call, didn't like this play or this play or that play. And again, again, it's kind of hard to go against one Tom Brady. Now, Bruce Arians has not. Bruce Arians had never won. A Super Bowl at all, period. But then again, Tom Brady has won seven Super Bowls, and Bruce has won had Bruce has won one, but that was with Tom Brady. Tom has won seven. Now, again, let's be honest with you. Bruce has to, and Bruce Herring's. I don't understand his point of view, his logic. Let's just say this for the sake of argument. Now, again, it wasn't Tom Brady's fault that the offensive line. Had injuries pretty much or left free agency. Tom Brady has nothing to do with offensive linemen leaving free agent. Tom Brady didn't exactly go out here and hurt his offensive linemen either. So to me, a lot a lot of it has to boil around that. Leonard Fournette came into camp. Uh, you know, it was what the word was maybe I don't know he was what 30, 40 pounds overweight to some degree. Is is that Tom Brady's fault that Fournette came under? Yeah, came into camp overweight. Was that Tom Brady's fault? No, that's not. Chris Godwin, was it Tom Brady's fault that Chris Godwin tore his ACL? No, that's not his fault. And Godwin, Godwin is now starting to round, to round up, you know, time to, he's certainly appointed. From the tapes I've seen of um, highlights and tapes I've seen of Chris Godwin, it seems like he's, he's finally getting around to being Chris Godwin. Usually an ACL injury, it, takes, it can take about a, a, a full year for an ACL injury to completely heal. And you know, some athletes, depending on the athlete, athletes nowadays recover from uh, such major surgery. I mean, what was Adrian Peterson? He came back in so many months, and it was what he ran for 2,000 yards. So, again, it's it depends on the athlete. But, again, that's not Tom Brady's fault. Now, now Bruce Arians wants to use Tom Brady's personal issues, yet he took time off. He took time off. Of course, later on he found out he took time off. Went on vacation with, um, I guess you can say his ex-wife now. If you want to say, if you want to say that, his ex-wife and and again there was marital issues, and I'm sure, 
I don't care if you're Tom Brady or, or an average Joe walking down the street. If there's if there's problems at home, it unfortunately there are times where it's gonna it's going to you know filter into your everyday life. Whether you're a quarterback of an NFL team, or like you said, or, or you got just a, an average nine to five job, it does that. It, it it's you know it, it plays with the mind. Now I'm not saying Tom Brady. I mean, I'm not sure there's probably times I'm sure he played on Tom Brady's conscience, and that's kind of normal. But again, if Bruce Arians wants to go in that direction and blame Tom Brady because then he's got personal issues getting away with his play. Now, maybe Bruce is kind of going in that direction now. Maybe, again, but again, you know, Bruce Bruce has to understand this. Bruce Arians has been around, and Bruce Arians has been around some quality quarterbacks. Tom Brady was one. He was around Big Ben. Yeah. Was it the Colts? I think he played around Andrew Luck, right? So, I mean, he's been around some pretty decent quarterbacks. Now, again, Tom Brady's won more Super Bowls than the two of those guys combined. Again, Tom Brady's been so many years under, 20 years under under the learning tree of Bill Belichick. He had Charlie Weiss as an offense coordinator. He had Josh McDaniels. Again, Tom Brady's had success. It didn't matter what the offensive coordinator was. And he's had success under Brian Leftwich. Now, again, this year, yeah. Again, like I said, injuries. One NFL team has not had some type of injuries. Unfortunately, some have more than others. I mean, it's like you, you could be like the Chargers. Every time you turn around, the Chargers are losing a player. Um, again, like I said, it doesn't matter. Every, every team in the NFL goes through injuries. you got a 17-game schedule. Then you've got the playoffs. Then you've got the Super Bowl. And then, yeah, you, you, you know, forbid, you know, and again, Unfortunately, stuff happens in the offseason. I mean, you've had stories where people can uh, come, uh, can tear an ACL by just uh, stepping out of the shower, and then boom, something happens. Yeah. You know, some people, some athletes take it serious. Some athletes train all year round. Some some athletes may take about a month or two off. Yeah. Just to, just to have their, let their bodies rest, and then you know, then ramp it up, and then go into preseason. Now, again. With Bruce Arings now, Bruce 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 Arings. Some may believe that maybe Tom Brady chased Bruce upstairs, because you know, again, whether that's the case or not, no, we'll, we'll never know. But again, I think Bruce. I think again, Bruce has kind of got that Bill Belichick disease. I think Brady. I think Bruce is kind of jealous because I think maybe Brady's getting more credit for winning that one Super Bowl than Bruce Arings was. Now Bruce has got to realize this. He had what. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston threw 30 touchdowns, but he also threw 30 interceptions. He didn't have the right quarterback. Here comes Tom Brady. And that's what Tom Brady does. Tom Brady gets you to a Super Bowl in a COVID-stricken, yeah, a COVID-stricken year. Now, again, a lot of people criticize Brady because, because Brady cannot take a guy out of the stands, put him in the game, and make him a superstar. Now, Brady's going to criticize you left the Patriots when you came to a team that had a Mike Evans, a Chris Godwin in place, you know, and you brought Rob Gronkowski with you. But again, if you're that type, you're that type of player, yeah, then there's, there are people that don't want to play with you. I mean, you've heard so many reports. Now, granted, if you look at this year, again, there's injuries, certainly to the offensive line, and the offensive line is very important in this yeah, in this day and age. I mean, why don't you ask the uh, Los Angeles Rams, how important it is. 
They had a pretty decent offensive line last year. They won the Super Bowl. Take a look at the offensive line this year. Yeah, it's horrible. They're, what, 31st, I think, as far as running the football this year. Now, granted, they won 31st last year running the football. And again, Matthew Stratford spent more time on his backside, and he has missed, you know, he's missed some games because of, because of concussion. Again, now, granted, you know, Cooper Cup has been Cooper Cup, but now Cooper Cup has, uh, is out because of a high ankle sprain. But again, an offensive line is important, and Bruce Arians should know that better than anybody else that an offensive line is important. Long she has one of the next quarterback, Andrew Luck, how important an offensive line is because Andrew Luck was one of the more sack quarterbacks in the, yeah, during his, <laughs> during his time because of poor offensive line play. Now, it's hard for me to sit there, you know, it's, for Brady, a lot of people say that Tom Brady, some of it may say that Brady's, he's 45 years old, maybe his father time is tapping him on the shoulder. And in some instances that might be the case, but if you look at Tom Brady's play, Tom Brady's play has not really deteriorated as much, as much as, as much as you really think it is. Now granted this, I get it, everybody's been spoiled because he's Tom Brady. If Tom Brady's been 40 touchdown passes a year, oh my gosh, something's wrong with Tom Brady. That's kind of like the Patrick Mahomes. If, if Patrick Mahomes throws 50 touchdown passes one year and he throws, let's say, 40 next year, then people are going to think of Patrick Mahomes is getting a slipping. Again, this is the thing with Tom Brady. This is the thing with Tom Brady. Tom Brady has now gotten to the point where if Tom Brady is on your football team, everybody expects Tom, if people expect Tom Brady to take their team to a Super Bowl, no matter what the offensive line looks like or the receivers or what the def- whatever the defense looks like, He's expected to do so because it's Tom Brady has won seven Super Bowls and Bruce Arians just kind of faulted for this. He's faulted Tom Brady because Tom Brady's this guy. He's got to take my team to the Super Bowl every single year. And in the NFL, you can't do that. I mean, New England Patriots for 20 years had a, had a dynasty, but, if it, but they didn't win 20 Super Bowls. No, they did not win 20 Super Bowls. It's hard. And now, of course, in this day and age, Free agency. Free agency hurts any any NFL team. Ask anybody. Ask any you know, NFL executive, general manager, or even owner. They'll tell you free agency is going to hurt your team. Some teams is going to serve well. Some is going to lose. Again, this is the situation here. Now, Tom Brady is not like Aaron Rodgers, where Tom Brady is getting is uh, asking for Bukus a lot of money. Again, people want to play with Tom Brady. I mean, Julio Jones came to, you know, came to Tampa because he wanted to play with Tom Brady. But of course, now Julio was injured. Now he's now he's actually playing. He's healthy and he's playing right now. Again, these are all things. You know, these are. But again, injuries happen, right? I mean, that's just the name. Of, that's the beast. Now, to me, I think Bruce Arians. Like I said, I really believe Bruce Arians has fallen into the to that trap. Now, to the trap where. He expects Tom Brady to do to be better than he is. He expects Tom Brady to take his team to take Tampa Bay to a Super Bowl. Now, granted, Todd Bowles. Now, now Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles was the governor. He was the coach of the New York Jets. A settle, you know, a few years back. And of course, Todd, of course, the Jets didn't have didn't have the team that Todd Bowles meant to coach. Now, Todd Bowles has a solid team here. And Todd and Todd, yes, they have a losing record, 
and some people, some people deep down inside, you know, maybe Tom Waltz is one of those coaches that might be a excellent coordinator, but not a head coach. And there's, there's times, but I'm interested. What, what did Bruce Arians have to stay around and continue to be a coach? I'm sure Bruce Arians and Tom Brady would probably brought, would probably have butted heads over something. I'm sure that's a, that's a given. But now you have to wonder. Now Tom Brady, I believe, will be a free agent after this year. And Tom has come out and stated that he would like he will very well continue to play as long as he can play. Now, let's say Tom Brady decides to stay around for another year. Now, does Tom come back to Tampa Bay or does Tom go somewhere else? Now, I think at this stage and age, I think Tom Brady's going to want to go somewhere else. Of course, it's always been speculation. You can go back to the 49ers, go home to California, go to the 49ers. There's even one point that he would, he would maybe go to the New York Jets. I don't know if I see that happening, but, yeah. But again, Brady's name's been inching around. I mean, what about Brady What about Brady in Las Vegas? I mean, there's always been speculation that uh, Derek Carr would get traded. But again, you know, we'll see. You know, so, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of places. I mean, what about Washington? I don't know if I see Tom Brady in Washington, but... He would, he would, yeah, it would be an interesting, an interesting fit. What about, can you see, can you see Tom Brady with the New York Giants? I don't see him with the Giants, because the Giants have no receivers. Granted, if you bring Barkley back, you can hand the ball to Barkley and be okay. The offense line is, is not the greatest in the world, but it's better than it, better than it used to be. But again, Again, I don't think Brady's going to, I think Brady secretly, maybe Brady's not going to come out and tell the public, or maybe he will tell the public, but I think Brady's getting tired of, you know, Bruce Arians, you know, butting in, and Bruce Arians is saying this, and Bruce Arians is saying that. And I think with that being said, I think Brady's going to be walking out the door. And Tampa Bay is going to take a step back, or take about, uh, about probably 10 steps back. Because it'll be on the Blaine Gabbitt's a free agent. I don't see Gabbitt returning, unless Blaine does come back. And he ends up being the starting quarterback. Kyle Trask, University of Florida, as of right now, may be the starting quarterback. And Tampa, I don't think Tampa Bay would have a chance to draft one of the top quarterbacks. And some of the quarterbacks in this year's draft are an interesting feed, are an interesting breed. But I don't know if I see any quarterback. I gotta be honest. I don't think I see any quarterback in this year's NFL draft that's saying that's the guy right there is going to take this take this team to the next level. I don't see that type of guy. Now, I know C.J. Stroud has been, a, has been a number one pick. C.J. is not that bad of a quarterback, but I'm not really solely impressed on C.J. I don't want to say quarterbacks in the past have not had the greatest careers in the world. Now, you know, Bryce Young, Bryce Young, I think, is number two on some people's list. Um, whether, now, whether I see Bryce, I don't know if I see Bryce being the franchise player. Uh, Tennessee with Hooker, he's been a top man. Uh, was it Lewis of Kentucky? There's been, I think, was it Richardson of uh, Florida's name's been mentioned. There's a lot, there's there's quarterbacks out there in this year's draft. I don't really see one stepping up and, and being that franchise type of quarterback. There's not going to be a, a great quarterback free agent class, if I should say. There's not going to be one. I'm sure the top one, maybe, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is the top one. Maybe, you know, I don't know. That's, that's, you know, but that's that's not maybe bold in confidence for, the, for a team that's looking for a quarterback. I know Daniel Jones, if 
the Giants are going to come to some terms with him. He's going to be out there. But for right now, let's be honest with you, there's a possibility that this could be Tom Brady's last while in Tampa Bay, and Tom could very well go somewhere else and try to. And I'm sure Tom's going to pick the team that he feels that's very, that's playoff bound or very well Super Bowl bound. And that's something that you have. That's something. Yeah. Now we're will Tom stay in the NFC? Will he go back to the NFC? Only Tom Brady knows that question. Knows the answer to that question, I should say. But then again, I think with Bruce Arians, Bruce. Bruce, has, I mean, he's had success as a head coach before Tom Brady came along. Yes, but the problem is, he never, he never, he never won a Super Bowl, and he didn't win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. Now, unless he pulls a Belichick, gets back into coaching, and wins without Tom Brady, that's different. But again, that's what Bill Belichick is, is is doing. Belichick, in the back of his mind, again. He's in a situation where he needs to win the Super Bowl to prove people wrong that he can win without Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. Bruce, Bruce, I've got a feeling he's going to get the itch like Belichick. I think he's going to want to get back into coaching, whether it's a Tampa Bay or another organization. I think he's going to want to go out there and he's going to to prove to people that he can win without Tom Brady. See, the problem is Tom Brady has pretty much nothing else to prove in this game. He doesn't. But deep down inside, Bruce Arians has something to prove. Bruce might not come out and say that. And I know Bruce is, um, <laughs> Bruce doesn't, you know, cut him. Bruce will tell you how it is. That's how Bruce Arians is. But Bruce has got to realize this. You better enjoy, you better enjoy whatever ride you got left because if Brady leaves Tampa Bay next year and there's a possible, very good possibility he might, then you're going to find out. Then you're going to find out what it's like to, like to be without a quality quarterback. Bruce needs to stop. He needs to realize that you can't put it all on Tom Brady. He doesn't. He does not want to put it on his. He does not want to put it all on Byron Leftwich. Now, for the record, who's to say Byron Leftwich will be with Tampa Bay next year? There has been rumors running around. There was even one rumor running around that Byron could be Byron could wind up being the next Indianapolis Colts head coach because Bruce has connections with Jim Irsay, certainly with the Colts, and maybe Byron Leftwich could go to. Colts. Certainly the Colts need help on the offensive side of the ball. There's no no denying that. So for the sake of argument, let's say if uh, Byron goes to the Colts, let's say for the sake of argument if that happens, then think about this. You have, you'll have a new offensive coordinator. You'll have possibly a new quarterback because Brady could really be a free agent. Now granted, you still have Mike Evans, you still got Chris Godwin. Julio Jones, I think he's on a one-year deal. He'll be gone. Now Russell Cage, I believe he could he could probably be back. Uh, maybe Bright, I don't know Bright's contract situation. He could come back. You got a young tight end, uh, nice young tight end that you can build that you can build around as well. Um, but it'd be interesting. I don't know if Fournette's contract status is this. What's it look like for Leonard Fournette? Will Leonard Fournette be able to come back to Tampa Bay next year? Could he be going somewhere else again? Again, the offense could look, told, could look a little bit different next year. Not saying he'll have some pieces there, even without Tom Brady. But Tom Brady is right now in his knee. As I believe it was Reggie Jackson once said, he was a star, a straw that stirred the drink. But right now, Tom Brady is a straw that's, he is a straw that stirs Tampa Bay's drink. And to be honest with you, I can tell Bruce Harris, enjoy it while you can, because eventually what's going to happen, you might have an offensive coordinator. 
and you might not have Tom Brady to push for 100 more after next season. And if that's the case, then Tampa Bay's probably going to be, their records could be maybe a little bit worse. And then you could probably say to yourself, well, geez, maybe I shouldn't have um, jumped on Tom Brady as much as I should have. Now, we are on a quarterback theme. Let's talk about somebody that's actually, let's talk about a team that's actually in the same division as Tom Brady. Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. Now, now there's experts have come out and said that maybe it's time to bench one Marcus Mariota. Now, Mariota, now Mariota's job at the season, beginning of the season, a lot of people thought that he was going to pretty much, um, I should say, he was pretty much going to keep the, keep it, you know, keep the spot warm until Reader, until Redder was uh, was pretty much going to be Desert Redder was going to be the new new starting quarterback, you know, for the Atlanta Falcons. Well, Mariota has quietly done a pretty decent job, decent job. He got off to he got off to a pretty hot start. Then he's you know, but here the last several games he's kind of he's kind of faded out a little bit. Now the now the Atlanta Falcons have become have now become more of a running football team. Cordell Passion returned, has returned, has looked very well in his return. They've had a good running game. Alec, Algier, they, you know, Algier, young rookies, played very well. Huntley, I believe he used to play for the, he was the Philadelphia Eagles, I believe, at one time. He has, he has ran the ball well. The running game has been pretty solid for the um, Atlanta Falcons. To me, coming into the season, that was going to be the huge issue. Could they run the football? They have actually done that this year. Now they went in and they drafted Drake London. Drake got off to a decent start, but he's kind of struggled. And that's not Drake London's fault. That's the play of one Marcus Mariota. Now Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts, of course, Kyle Pitts has struggled with Marcus Mariota on a quarterback. Now we all know Mariota. Now this when Matt Ryan was a quarterback last year, Kyle Pitts had a thousand yards. And to me, that's been the biggest issue with the. Atlanta Falcons, they've been able to run the football under Marcus Mariota, but they have not been able to pass the football. And that's that has been that has been a problem. Because to, to me, any defense the defenses like those that you can run the football, they're gonna do everything they can to stop the run and they're gonna challenge you to throw the football. And that's what teams have done. Teams have known that, that the Atlanta has a pretty decent running game, but Mariota has failed to prove that he can actually pass the fo- football on a consistent basis. Thus a lot of people feel that maybe the young quarter, the young quarterback drafted the University of Cincinnati can throw the football better than Mariota. Now he can scramble. Now yeah, he can scramble. Now to be honest with you, I'm sure when he steps in they will change the system a little bit because he can throw the football. Now to me, Mary, that's been Mariota's problem is throwing off the football. Now now, to be honest with you, Lion Falcons have succeeded a lot of people's expectations. A lot of people didn't think Atlanta Falcons would be in this the, the situation they're in right now. Heck, at one point in time, they had a losing record. They were tied with the Tampa Buccaneers, both for the division lead right. Now, granted, but again, defensive play has, has, has always been, has not been that good the last few years, and continues not to be the case. But again, you know, again, the running game has been spectacular this year. But again, what, again, offensively, Mariota's kind of held him back a little bit because of the, it's because he, his, his inability to be consistent with throwing the football. You've got a young talent in London, you could be a thousand yard receiver in this league. Now, granted, Pitts is hurt, he's on the IR. 
brothers being last week, he pitched had $1,000 last season while Matt Ryan was quarterbacking. Now, if you had, maybe if maybe you had a, a quarterback who could throw the football more, was a better thrower of the football, then there's a possibility that Pitts, I don't know, Pitts, let's just say Pitts, if Walker Pitts might have had an all prize in the receiving season, that he would have been a lot better. He would have been a lot better off than where he, than where he is right now. And London, maybe London, he would have been, London, maybe London could have been the version of that being a thousand yard receiver. But that's been Lamb's drawback. And the reason that, uh, the reason he has not been benched is simply because the Falcons have been actually hang, hanging around the division, hanging around that AFC South in a very long, long, long shot at best of making the playoffs. And that's the reason why. But again, Arthur Smith has said that he does, he does not see any changes in Marion Mary will continue to hold on to the job. Now, I have to wonder because I don't think the Falcons are going to be able to hang with Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the long, the long term short. Can they? Yeah, can they? Yeah, that's going to be the situation. Is is how much longer can you? How much longer? Because the Rams become a one dimensional offense. And you cannot be one dimensional in this league. And we all know by now the the running game has taken a backseat to the passing game. You've got to have a quarterback that can air out the ball. Why don't you ask Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes? Because Patrick Mahomes, they're they're run their pass first, run second. There's not too many teams in the NFL that are kind of are balanced. I mean, there's some teams out there that are balanced and do a pretty good job of of balancing stuff, of balancing stuff out. Look at the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are still considered more running team and not a passing team. You take now, again, it takes someone like the, like the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers have two receivers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, where Mike Williams is healthy. You've got an excellent running back in Austin Eckler. Again, there is kind of balance there. You can ask for what the Cincinnati Bengals, when you have Chase, who's supposed to possibly come back this week, Chase, Higgins, Boyd, but you got Joe Mixon. Yes, I know Mixon, but Mixon does have a concussion. And I'm guessing he'll probably set this week. But again, there's kind of some balance there, right? Now, granted, I think to me, to me, I believe the Bengals will become more of a pass first, let's run second. But you got but you got a guy that you can rely on from time to time and Joe Mixon to run the football. But again, with the Atlanta Falcons, as simple as this. The thing is, it's yeah. You've got to be a little bit more balanced. And the Falcons are not balanced. Now, whether the young rookie quarterback can give them more balance, that remains to be seen. Now, I'm interested to see if the Falcons, if they fall further and further and further out of the playoff picture, do you give the, do you give the young quarterback, let's say the final, I don't know, do you, do you bring him in week, let's say 15, and play him the last two weeks of the season to see what you have? I mean, that possibly does exist. That could exist to see what he can do. But again, you have to wonder, come next season, 2023, will Mario be the starting quarterback come next season? If I had to guess, I'm going to say he will not be the starting quarterback next season. I'm assuming the young the young quarterback, the University of Cincinnati, is going to wind up being the starting quarterback next season for the Atlanta Falcons. At least we're guessing. Yeah, unless, you know, unless... Mariota hangs around and does start. But if that's the case, 
but that's going to be the case. Now I think you're going to hamper, you're going to hamper Drake London. You're going to hamper Kyle Pitts' you know, capabilities. And he becomes very interesting what the Falcons do in the draft. I know the Falcons need defense and probably more defense. But what if you would have got another receiver to take the pressure off of London and Pitts? If you do, let's say like a second one, you do something like that. Then it comes to the point that then it has to come a point where you've got to change the system. You got to, maybe you're going to have to change that quarterback. And Mar- Mario has, has has proven in the past to be a pretty decent backup quarterback in this league. He's proven he's proven that. But yes, Mario was a starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans some time ago. But then again, Mario Mario struggled. And then here came Ryan Tannehill, and Ryan Tannehill took over. And then the rest was history. Mario was pretty much booted out of town. He went to the Raiders to back up uh, Carr. And he just, there's a couple times he stepped in for Carr and did a pretty decent job. And to me, at this stage in his career, Mario is that type of guy. He's that type of guy where he can be a solid backup, step in for a game or two, and you can get by with a guy like Mario. To me, I think Mario's day is a starting quarterback in this league of Prince Jolie. By the way, and the Falcons took a chance on because Arthur Smith played with Mario when he was with when he was with when he was in Tennessee, and they liked Marcus. But to me, the question mark going to be moving forward. Is the bottom line is the Raiders don't have a one-dimensional team. Nobody's nobody is scared of Drake London, well, or Kyle Pitts. I should say when he was healthy. Nobody's scared of them because it's all oh, let's go ahead and stop the running game, and let's. Let's just go ahead and um, yeah. Let's now let's just go ahead and let's let's see. Mark, Mark Marcus Murray can beat us with his arm, and Mario to me has not really done so much of that. And for them, it's the Atlanta Falcons. It's pretty much now it's runner else. Now I know Arthur Smith. I know he has come out. You know, he's come out, and I think when the season began, I think he pretty much told everybody that, uh, yeah, that he doesn't care what anybody thinks, that we're not rebuilding, that we're going to be a competitive team. Well, to be honest with you, he's right about one thing. They have been a competitive football team, given, given it up to his duty. He has been right about that. But, and they have been, yeah, but, as much as he does with it, they're still in a rebuilding mode. I mean, your defense, it needs work. Your offensive line, it can use a couple of offensive linemen. You need work on the offensive line. You need a defense. And then, I hate to say it, but you do need a quarterback. Moving forward, Mario's not going to be the answer moving forward. You're going to have to find a quarterback somewhere. You're going to have to find out at some point in time. Is the young man, Reader, Rudder, excuse me, is he... Desmond Reader is he the quarterback of the future for your franchise? At some point in time, you have to find that out. Whether you find that out late this season, again we're in week what eleven, week eleven now. The thing is, you got to find out at some point in time is he the answer moving forward, or is it time to again free agency? There's not nobody out there like oh my gosh, I gotta have that. You gonna do? I gonna bring in Daniel Jones? I don't think that's going to happen. But again, it's interesting to see in time. Could will Mario continue to be the? I'm interested to see if Mario is going to be the quarterback for the rest of this year or not. 
let's talk about uh, market areas. One of his former teams, let's talk about the Tennessee Titans. Now, last week, the game playing catch-up, Tennessee defeated the uh, Green Bay Packers with the with the old system, let, let's let uh, let's let Derrick Henry run, run team into the ground, and Tannehill will do what he can for us and let him not make mistakes. Now, given, again, I got to give Mike Brayle the credit where it is due. They got off to a very slow, slow start. Ryan Tannehill struggled. When Ryan Tannehill got hurt, he missed a couple weeks. Malik Willis stepped in, and again, Malik Willis didn't do much to really show us that he could be the quarterback of the future for Tennessee Titans. It was pretty much, let's feed the ball to Derrick Henry uh, quadrillion times, and let's see how that, let's see how that works. Yeah. Now, Ryan Tannehill has come back, and he has played actually fairly well. He's actually, he's actually turning around. There were some people that were looking for them to, to move to Malik Willis and ship Ryan Tannehill out of town. Well, to be honest with you, that was not going to happen because Malik Willis is not, is, yeah, to me, Malik Willis is not really the answer. To me, a lot of people thought he would be a, some NFL analysts, experts, college experts felt that Malik Willis was a, is a good athlete, but he still think he still has a lot to, has a lot to show. And to me, that is certainly the case. He has a lot more to give. Now, some people thought Ryan Tannehill was the same situation with the Miami Dolphins drafted. He was a wide receiver that turned to quarterback. Had a, well, he had, what, a good year and a half in college, and at the college level at quarterback. And they got drafted by Miami. And again, he struggled. When he went to Tennessee, things changed. He became a pretty decent quarterback under Mike Vrabel. Now, again, Ryan had, had, had a bad year last year. Um, Cost the uh, cost Tennessee Titans some games, and certainly cost Tennessee Titans a a chance to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. To me, the Bengals should have lost against Tennessee, but if they had just ran the football down Cincinnati's throat, they would have won the game. I really believe, but you know, again, it is what it is type of thing. But to me, I think that's what would have that's what the case would have been. But again, Ryan Hammond's gotten a little bit better now. To me. Trading AJ Brown, they didn't trade AJ Brown the the money. They went out and drafted Burks. Now, Burks had the best game of, best game of his rookie of his rookie season last week. Maybe Burks is starting to emerge a little bit. And that would be excellent news if Burks could play anything like AJ Brown did for Tennessee. He went out and got Robert Woods for Tennessee. As simple as this, Tennessee definitely needs to be more balanced. You can't rely on Derrick Henry week in and week out. And Ryan Taylor has to continue to. Improve a little bit, continue to improve, improve moving forward. Now the offensive line has ups and has, has had some ups, has had some injuries, and has had its downs. Tennessee Titans you know, certainly rely certainly on Derrick Henry, and again that has been a successful formula for them. Defensively, they've gotten better. They've gotten better the last couple of years. Deep again, Tennessee again they're, they're suspect. They're pretty good run defense, but they're suspect. They're suspect. The secondary is something that certainly needs to use improvement. Moving forward for Tennessee, that's something you're going to have to make a passing team. To me, I don't think they can hang with someone like a Patrick Mahomes or maybe a Justin Justin or the Chargers moving forward. Teams like that have a good passing. Or maybe, you know, Buffalo, you know, Josh Allen, uh, Miami, and Tua. I think that's going to be that's going to be a problem moving forward. Tennessee. Tennessee, to me, probably has the AFC South on lockdown for this year. 
they'll, to me, they'll probably they'll probably win the division. I believe they've already swept the Colts. Houston and Jacksonville don't think have enough for Tennessee. So Tennessee probably Tennessee moving forward is probably going to win the AFC South. The biggest thing is how how far how far along can they get into the playoffs? I mean, how much further how much further along do you think? Yeah, I mean, a, lot, a lot of teams are, are are certainly there to stop Derrick Henry. And again, this is to put the pressure on Ryan Tannehill. And passing game now, at first, at first you have uh, several hundred yard games, receiving games in him. Then we're on to something. Robert Woods, I like to see Robert Woods get more involved in the game. You brought him in as a free agent, you brought him in, you traded for him, I should say. Then he needs to you know, get you you the ball more. Now, Austin Hooper, I think, has had, has had some good games here lately. And to me, I thought that was an unsung pickup for Tennessee to get a guy, to get a pretty decent tight, to get a tight end. He had some good, he put some good numbers with Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons let him go. He got signed by Cleveland, and Cleveland did not know what to do with him. They let him go. He goes to Tennessee. He came to Tennessee. Like I said, he's done fairly well for himself. To me, moving forward, is Tennessee's got has got to, is Burks has got to, has got to step his game up even that much more and prove that he could be the number one receiver moving forward you know, for the rest of the season and even going into 2023. Now, again, like I said, Woods, I gotta see, I gotta see more of Woods. Get Woods the ball more. Hooper, continue, continue to get him more involved in the game. And yeah, yeah, I'm sure you know Derek Henry got involved 20, 25 times a game. It's still, it's still their game plan. For Tennessee, like I said, is I'm interested to see because I mean the AFC South, it's it's pretty much all locked down. They've got, I think they've got that pretty much locked up. The bottom line is for Tennessee is, and it's always been a problem. Is how much further can they go? Now, again, how much further can they go? Can Ryan Tannehill take them that much further? And the answer to that question here for the last couple of years is no, he has not been the answer. But Malik Willis is not is, is not the answer for them moving forward. Ryan Tannehill is going to have to step up his game and step it up even more for the, for the Tennessee Titans to advance further into the playoff. They've got they're going to have to become a balanced football team. And that's and that's that's where the and that's where that's where it's going to be and that's going to be the problem. Can they be balanced? The answer to that question is moving forward. I don't think they can be balanced enough. You know, again, they're going into a situation is I'm assuming, I'm assuming let's say the Buffalo Bills will say the Lord makes the playoffs. I don't think they can hang with Buffalo. Can they, I don't think they can hang with Miami because Miami can sit back with Tua. And hitting McHill, Waddle, you know, they can go, yeah, they can do, you know, do tremendous amount of damage to them. The thing is this, moving forward, you know, what about, you know, the Baltimore Ravens? Well, maybe a slim chance to beat the Ravens. That's a possibility. I still think the Ravens are the, are the favorite from the AFC North. Now, again, Tennessee this week has a rematch with the Cincinnati Bengals. Should be a nice game. Interested to see that. I like Love to see, love to see that game. Can they? Yeah, can they? You know, now could they in a play in a playoff game? And this week we'll find out if Ryan Tannehill, if Tennessee can be balanced against Cincinnati. I'm interested to see how that, how that would work out moving forward. But to me, I don't think they. Yeah, they're not going to be the Chiefs, the Chargers. To be honest with you, the Chargers defense has been certainly a huge disappointment. And to be honest, they could probably move the ball on the Chargers. Denver, 
Well, Denver's not Denver. Denver's not going to make the playoffs because the offense has been consistent. But to me, if you look at it deep down inside, to me, Tennessee, Tennessee, maybe one, two. I mean, they could be maybe the third, maybe the fourth best team in the AFC right now. But again, being third, fourth best team in the AFC is not is not going to get the job done moving forward. Everybody, everybody knows that. But for me, moving forward, they've got to step up their game. They've got to be better. And for Tennessee, what it comes down to is simply this. Can they be more balanced? Can they be more balanced? And can the secondary improve? Because if the secondary is not improved, and they don't come more balanced, Tennessee's going to have another, another disappointing year. And no, I don't think Mike Vrabel's going to lose his job because Vrabel's one of the better coaches in this league. But there's got to be some changes for next season. Is it time to move on from right from uh, Ryan Tannehill in twenty twenty three and bring in another quarterback? But the question mark is, what veteran quarterback would you bring in? Because there's not going to be much 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 out there. And Malik, and I don't see you turning the ball with Malik Willis. He's still got a long long ways to go. He's a quarterback of the future. I mean, what do you bring in? Do you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo? He takes over for Ryan Tannehill. You know, I don't know. But again, that's the, that's going to be the thing. Tennessee is going to have to be more balanced, and they're going to have to get a lot of, a lot more help in the secondary for them to to you know advance further into the playoffs this year. And to me, I don't see. To me, I still think it's going to be the same old situation. Tennessee, they might get to round one. I got a feeling they'll get to the first round, and they'll get bounced out by somebody, whether it be a Miami or Buffalo. Or whoever the case might be, I have a bad feeling they'll get bounced down the first round by somebody, and then there's going to be that there's going to be that talk. We need a new quarterback. We need a new quarterback, and that's going to be what the situation is moving forward. But for Tennessee, right now they could be maybe 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 the fourth best team in the AFC, but that's not that's not going to be good enough to advance and advance further in the playoffs. At least get to the AFC championship game. I think if the Tennessee has to they have to get to the AFC championship game. To get to that point, to at least, to at least say that Ryan Tannehill can come back in twenty twenty three and continue to lead the way. Because if not, I got a feeling Ryan is gone and somebody else is coming in to take to take over next season. Now we'll stay in the AFC and let's talk about it. Uh, let's talk about it. Um, again, we're trying to play catch up. We're playing catch up and um, we'll talk about a, we'll talk about this week. We'll talk about the New York Jets. And Zach will and Zach Wilson. Now, it was a ten uh, ten three football game. Now, the backdrop on this is all of this. Now, before yeah, I think it was a Jared Wilson, their young their young receiver, and he's been a but he's been a, he's been a bright spot on the offense. Now, certainly him and well, Brace Hall was it was a bright spot till he got till he tore his ACL. Okay, now. The Jets have played extremely, have played pretty decent ball. They've been, they succeeded everybody's expectations, like the Philadelphia Falcons have. A lot of people think they're going to be, again, everybody's whipping post, and they were going to win maybe two, three games all year or something like that. But they are, what, six and four right now. And actually, the Jets are even hanging around the playoff picture. But now it becomes a situation. Now, the defense has played 
The defense has played well this year. But again, it goes back to the offensive side of the ball. And again, it goes right back to the offensive line. It's had some injuries. It's had some injuries to it. Again, Hall, he got hurt. Now, granted, you got Michael Carter. Michael Carter, you know, uh, traffic last year. He, he went out and traded for James Robinson to pick up the slack. But the biggest thing with the with the New York Jets has been a problem for the last many, many years is the quarterback play. And Zach Wilson. Now, I think Zach, Zach probably rubs some of the New York Jet fans the wrong way. He rubs some of his teammates the wrong way to the point where he had a pretty bad game against New England Patriots. And he came out and said that, um, that he, that, I guess reporters asked him, did he feel bad? You know, all things, you know, didn't live up to the expectations that the defense did in that game. And Zach said no. Now, again, Zach had a pretty bad game. And Zach, again, Zach is not really getting it. And he has actually frustrated a lot of his teammates. He even frustrated Garrett Wilson. Uh, Elijah Moore has come out has come out and has said some stuff that he's not he has not been impressed has not been impressed with Zach Wilson's play. Zach since he stepped his leg, Zach has had some injuries, but Zach has not gotten any better. I mean, there are some quarterbacks in this league that you some young quarterbacks that have come in this league and has kind of some showed some signs of improvement. I mean, Justin Fields he got to a slow start, but Justin's actually his game has gotten better here lately. He has shown some signs. Of improvement. Now, to me, when you see Justin Fields with the New York Jets with with a decent running game, with a little bit of offensive line, even though it's been injured, good running game, a good set of receivers. I mean, especially with Wilson, I like Elijah Moore. Now, I've never been a big fan of Corey Davis. I think Corey Davis was a huge bust when the Jets signed him, but there is some promise there. But for this year, I mean, the Jets. Crazy as it sounds, the Jets could probably be better. If Zach Wilson was better. Now, Zach doesn't want to, I mean, I don't know what, you don't know what planet Zach is on, but Zach Wilson's play has been a huge reason as to why the Jets cannot move the ball for, moving forward. Now, I mean, Joe Flacco, when he was hurt, Joe Flacco took over. Now, Flacco didn't do that bad of a job. They played Mike White. And now, of course, now Zach is healthy. Zach is back quarterbacking. Now, in my next, I guess in the next episode, we'll talk more about Zach Wilson, but let's talk about here and now. And the deep down inside, the Jets, I mean, the Jets front office coaching staff has got to be scratching their head. They could be maybe even better because the defense has played well this year overall. And they were running the football until Hall got hurt. The offense line, I get it, it's had some injuries, but let's be honest with you. You look at what they've got to work with. And Wilson has been the biggest issue as to why the quarterback play has been the biggest issue as to why they have not played well. And I don't care, you know, Zach Wilson doesn't want to, you know, see the forest through the trees. He doesn't want to see that. And Zach is like, well, that's not on me. Well, Zach, it's kind of on you because you have not improved. I mean, I mean, heck, Mac Jones... Let's take a look at Mac Jones. I mean, Mac Jones didn't got the uh, Patriots into the playoffs in his rookie season. I mean, Justin Fields, he has shown some signs of improvement. But again, Zach Wilson has shown no signs of improvement whatsoever. 
Zach seemed to get worse and worse and worse. And again, the coaching staff, they say that our front office, we got all the confidence Zach Wilson. Well, nobody in the NFL, as far as experts, believe that you had that much confidence in Zach Wilson. I know you got Joe Flacco. Flacco's a you know, veteran. Flacco, I mean, to me, if you if you think start a chance of making the playoffs, my best roll with Joe Flacco. I mean, to me, Flacco can throw a football better than Zach Wilson can. He might not be the athlete Zach Wilson is, but to me, I think he's better. And I know Mike White, he had that one good game against Cincinnati Bengals last year, but I don't think Mike White is the answer moving forward. And to me, if you want to be serious about even competing or making a sh- at least a sum of a run in the playoffs, the best bet, I believe, is Joe Flacco. Play, play the veteran. What have you got to lose? I guarantee you, passing numbers will go up, will go up under Joe Flacco. And I guarantee you guys like Gary Wilson or Elijah Moore or the tight ends on the uh, tight ends or any other receiver on the team, I guarantee if he steps on the field, things will be better, will be better. I guarantee you Wilson, I guarantee Elijah Moore numbers will go up a little will go up a little bit. For me, if you yeah, and to me, Flacco's been in a situation. Well Flacco has been in a situation where he's had a team on the cusp of the playoffs. I mean, Flacco was the MVP of the Super Bowl, right? Granted, it was ages ago, but at least he was, right? He got a fat contract, and of course, ever after that, his game did tail off. But Flacco's been in that situation before. If you want to be serious about making the playoffs, my best advice is put Flacco. Let Flacco be the starting quarterback. Ride, you know, run with Flacco. And if you don't think Flacco's the if you don't think Flacco's the answer to get you to the playoffs, then maybe, maybe, maybe you go back to Zach Wilson. But to me, Zach does not get it. And to me, the defense, they came to his defense. But to me, the defense has got to sit back saying himself. We allow one team, we allow this team three points, and they took a uh, they took a punt return for a touchdown to beat us. And the offense could only muster up a three points. And I'm sure the defense is probably ticked off. Now, I'm not saying the Ravens are the, I'm not saying the Jets' defense is like the Ravens' defense or any five Bears. I'm not saying that, but they played well enough to, just, to expect better play from the offense. And Zach Wilson's not getting it. Zach Wilson is way too calm, cool, and collected. And if you're a top-notch quarterback in this league, I'm sure Tom Brady would be having a hissy fit. I'm sure, you know, type of, or Patrick Mahomes would be going out of his mind. Or Joe Burrow, guys like this would be would be would be peeved if they played like that. But Zach thinks it's it's all calm, cool, and collected. Hey man, you know, hey, I don't believe I don't believe I don't believe I'm the I don't believe I'm the problem. Well, Zach, to be honest with you, you are the problem. You might not want to admit it, but you better admit it. You better wake up and you better, as they say, smell the roses. Because if you don't, you go on and you go on to be another one of these many other busts. In the NFL, and right now you're proving to be a pretty big bust. I mean, to me, a lot of people thought you could be the right-handed, right-handed Steve Young, but you have not done that. You had to look at the billing. And to be honest with you, Zach, if you don't improve, you're gonna be out of New York and you're gonna be out of a job. And then nobody's gonna, yeah. And with an attitude like that, nobody's gonna want you on the football team. Take responsibility. Take you know, take accountability for what your play is. But to me, if the Jets are going to make the playoffs, the best move is to move to Joe Flacco. I know Joe is what? Joe is 37 years old, but he's been in the situation before. 
relational. That's all we have time for this episode. Please take care of yourself. Happy Thanksgiving. And I'll see you again very soon.